0: Yo, peace! Welcome to this episode of Soul Power. You know, on this episode, we're gonna dig into um, soul food in terms of what is it, what's its origin? Is it a traditional African American form of diet? Um, Does it play a major role in the state of uh, Black health today in the inner city and the rural um, Black America? We're gonna touch this and dig into a lot more about this today. This and much more. And what happens when you run Trending News through a blender with the ingredients of hood health, inner city enlightenment, and black presence? You get a nice plate of solutions. Welcome to the light side of the sun, where I've got something to say. Welcome to Soul Power. Once again, welcome to Soul Power. You know, I'm your host, C Best A Life Allah. Um, that intro cut that you heard coming in was um, "Eminent Antiquity" by my man Almighty Kaimenta Allah um, from New Underground Flavor, FLAVA. Um, who, by the way, jazz had a son on the seventh of this month. You know, peace to the god and the family and everything. Um, like I said before, any sounds that, any music that you hear on um, Soul Power. You can check out the Soul Power SoundCloud page and I'll have that music liked up there. Or if it isn't liked up there or isn't available via that method, I'll let you know exactly where you can get it. Oh, and by the way, you know, um, Soul Power right now, we're on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pod Directory, Buzzsprout, and we're also listed on Podcast and Color, which is a listing for. Um, podcast for people of color um you should check that out also you know they have some really really links to some really um good podcasts up there um if you have you know any feedback you know or you just want to submit music you know you can hit me at soulpowernetwork@gmail.com. you know and finally you know leave comments share the podcast download and subscribe oh um spread the word um, if this is your first time, thank you for checking us out You know, hopefully I'll have something uh, for you to come back to again and again um, If you've been rocking me with me since the first podcast, pace You know, we're going to keep it moving, keep it growing, and keep it expanding With that said, you know, we're going to get into this topic of soul food You know, soul food If you black, you got family from down south You know what soul food is You know um, always like to start it off like this though when talking about Soul Food, in terms of uh, the movie, the old movie, well, old now. Um, soul Food. You know, if you haven't seen that movie, you can probably check out you know a summary of it somewhere online. But basically, what happens is is that there's a a, a motherly figure who's called Big Mama, and she brings her family together a lot via these um, big Sunday dinners. And during the course of the movie, you know, um, she gets sick and she dies, you know. Now, the movie is kind of a feel-good movie because at the end, basically what happens is they, you know, the family continues the tradition and they come together and they get to talk. and, 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 you know, what food for many original cultures is, is a gathering point for them to commune and just be together. And so that point is hammered real hard and strong in the movie. But one point is kind of glossed over, which is, yo, she had a heart attack and she died. And why did she have a heart attack? If you looked at the spread, you would know what was going on. All right. Many of us in America have what is called a a standard American diet, which is SAD. All right. In terms of as an acronym. And you know that you you can kind of just kind of feel it out what that is. That's all those sodas, the fast food, the fried foods, uh, heavy on the meats, low on, the, on fresh vegetables and fruits. All that which leads to preventable diseases. We're talking about um, type 2 diabetes, uh, obesity, blood pressure, things of that nature. So a major factor for black America, you know, is the fact that we have... Um, A diet, which is heavy in in all these things, and on top of it, what we refer to as our traditional diet, soul food, you know, is heavy in a lot of the negative things also. So, we have to realize that what we're referring to as our traditional diet isn't really our traditional diet. And I'm going to get more into that as we um, go through the show. Now, colonialism impacted... You know, all original cultures globally on various different levels. Many times we just talk about losing our language or losing certain particular customs or religion. Yet one major element that um, the colonizer utilized for all the global majority, for all original people, was to attack their food systems. And by attacking their food systems, they also attacked their traditional methods of, of health and wellness. So you can see that as soon as you know there's an interaction of, of, of colonial powers into original cultures, you automatically see a downwards um, swing in terms of health. You know, in some circles, this is called nutricide. You know, and it's the impact of colonialism on on the crops. You know, they start to decide which crops are going to be um, grown. They de- they deny certain traditional crops being grown. Um, they focus on. Growing one crop. This is happening in America right now where there's a heavy emphasis on growing um, genetically modified corn. So you have these farmers who know that they're going to get make money by growing corn and not other forms of um, agriculture, other forms of food. So they focus on corn. Well, we can't live on genetically modified corn alone. This corn is also being used for corn syrup, um, for alcohol production, different things like that. You know, what, what happens is you start to cut out a lot of the crops that you need just to damn live. You know, um, they also introduce, you know, invasive foods that just basically destroy, you know, the, uh, the landscape to grow other foods. And also they introduce things such as, you know, I hate to even call it food, but junk food and also vitamin deprived food. You know, anytime that you eat in, you know, bread, uh, rice flour that's white it's been bleached alright and you'll notice on the package it say enriched what this means is that they stripped this food of all its nutrients and then they had to try to artificially add them back that's going to be another show where I tell you all that started to come about this is all part of uh, this slow fast death that you know is coming to us via Nutricide now We've um, in Black America, we you know we lost so much of our culture that holding on to, you know, our cooking traditions or what we think is our cooking traditions, um, is something that many of us do hardcore because we feel that that's the last connection, you know, to our pre-slavery history that we have, you know, and you know, truth be told, we you know we we suffered a great great, you know, what's called mafia. Or you know, disaster in terms of the middle passage and the destruction and things that happen. Yet the reality is 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 that what we know today as soul food is not traditional soul food. It's not even um, traditional soul food that was cooked during slavery. And this is what many people don't know. Now. Soul food, in terms of in terms of as a marketing ploy, that didn't happen until the '60s. All right, before then, no one was calling black cooking soul food. It was just how black people ate and cooked. But once you get in the '60s, this is where you start to have a hard push for cookbooks, um, different types of cuisines, and so it became a marketing ploy. Now, traditional soul food is definitely is. A North American tradition. All right. it's, it's it's just like jazz. It's a, it's a direct result of you know d- um, descendants of those who were enslaved, you know, bringing some of their cooking traditions, and you know mixing them up with some of the indigenous cooking traditions of the native nations that were here. All right, and people don't really really get the full scope of, of how some of these things were brought over. Some straight foods were brought from Africa via, you know, seeds that were um, braided into some of the girls' hair or embedded in some of the clothing, you know. So these seeds were brought here, you know, and then they were planted here in certain crops. That's how it made it across the North Atlantic, you know, into America, into South America also via the, the, um, the Triangle Slave Trade. You know, So we brought food straight here also now the other thing that i mentioned that it merged with you know indian or pardon self native um nation cooking traditions you know because we were very close to the to the um to the native nations here many times when those who were enslaved escaped we ended up bonding and living with the native nations and creating new nations from that you know, so you know, we're talking about the Cherokee, the the Chickasaw, the the Choctaw, uh, the Creek, the Seminole. You know, we learned a lot from them, and that became incorporated within uh, what we know as soul food. So, for instance, you know, boiling beans or curing meats over smoked hickory; those are some traditions that are um, directly taken. Um, from some of the native nations, also the introduction and, and creation of things such as cornbread and stuff like that you know that kind of stuff you know came through our interactions and so ironically we preserve many of um native uh indigenous traditions within Sovu. you know now something also that needs to be mentioned though is about this pig you know you know I'm going to talk about the pig uh, you know there there's this um how should I call it? There's this narrative that uh that the pig that like we uh we came up with the whole uh chitlins and eating the cast off parts of the pig and things of that nature. The reality is is that, you know, white people were already eating the cast off parts of the pig. I'm talking about whites that came to America who brought the pig here you know um, they were already eating the cast off parts and, and what a lot of people don't realize is that you know the whole hunting and and there wasn't a lot of free land to hunt on in Europe so a lot of the foods that they were eating were farm stock that they had to keep you know close to their self you know so we're talking about smaller rodents you know um, rabbits things of that nature um, small pheasants things like that you know, the pig, though, also, they brought traditions of of cooking um, the cast-off parts of the pig. So we're talking about the jowls, head cheese, chitlins, what we know as chitlins. They were already eating that. What we added to the mix were different spices and herbs and different ways to cure the meat. That's what we added to the mix. And also, you know, seasoning is something that strongly was brought from, you know, the black tradition and also the native um, American tradition here you know because you know the science uh, herbs is medicine they're medicine so we were using a lot of these spices and herbs also as cure alls also the only kind of strong spice that was in uh, Europe was salt so that's why a lot of their meats and everything were cured with salt so the, the strong seasoning um, tradition comes from the black and from the, the native Nation, um direction you know Uh, also, you know, it wasn't until we got to America that meat became such a heavy part of, of the diet, you know, pigs and cows. What was, what was discovered when we got, when, when, you know, uh, when whites came to America was that corn could be used as a feed, as a strong feed. So this is why they started, you know, breeding pigs and cows at a a high rate, which is even today, you know, Americans eat three to four times, um, The amount of animal protein that the rest of the world does, you know, Uh, other parts of soul food, you know, in terms of, you know, blacks were given, you know, what was called the cast off greens, those greens that white people didn't really eat, you know, like turnip, beets, dandelion leaves, you know, and also, you know, kale, uh, cress, cabbage and mustard was introduced uh, via, you know, whites also. You know, well, ironically though, even though, you know, turnips and beets are usually seen to be white food, you know, the reality is, is that they all, they actually came into Europe via the silk trade, you know, which is trade between Europe and, and, um, the East, the Far East. Um, they actually came to, into Europe via the silk trade, uh, via Morocco, you know. So all this kind of mix, you know, is what is the foundation for soul food as we know it um, today. But in the the next part of the show, I'm going to go into, though, I'm going to let you know in terms of why what we call soul food today ain't soul food. And also, I'm going to give you some tips and some insight on how to really eat some healthy soul food that's still got the flavor because we all, we know the science. We don't eat it unless it tastes good. And I ain't talking about having some bland food. So right here, Um, I got a cut here by um, Divine Rule Supreme, or Dizwa, and this cut is called Inviting Magnetic. All right, so enjoy it. The power of attracting things with your mind. Whatever you believe,
1: the mind will be attracted to it, and then help to manifest it. It attracts whatever you believe. Work that attracts metals, but it does attract. Fourteen years old, playing with two pieces of skill Found out how they work, how they develop and kill. Turn your thoughts negative. Got the power to build. You can carry six shots, make the devil reveal. His sole purpose, filthy affairs. Seven churches situated in the place, changing the epidermis. Two germs, no reimbursements. Forty acres in the mule, create a circus. Father said, teach the baby, ain't on practice. Attracting crime minds through mathematics, I show 'em proof. And this ain't magic if you can attract the. A- Parallel, but opposing spins, dynamic. See the uncivilized mind. I'm attracting a constant state to obtain an unravel. and unravel. 120 my voice travel feet per sec. I correct what's in your head. He got knowledge of self, no longer mentally dead. I stimulate life and matter. My duty is to civilize through question and answers. Key to understanding natural process of thought. You gotta think on your own when you're dealing with frauds. Knocked on the door, said it before. The mind. the mind is a magnet. No, it's not like a ring of magnet that attracts yeah. metals, but it yeah. does attract things. Where's the ghost rider that wrote for your ghost rider? or your mystery gods should sing in the church choir. The devil is a liar, so is religious text. If it ain't teaching no kind of knowledge of self, I'm um, the illest as lyricists was a given, but given the current state, most lyricists ain't interesting. You think there's something missing, isn't it? The fact, you're consumed by your ignorance. My psyche got me thinking precisely I'm holly golly. You, on the other hand, should belong in a porta potty. Don't mistake me for no other guy, no Teddy Riley. Cause I'm Eddie Probably came with the Voice of pain Representing the struggle of the youth in trouble Cause the concerns go undeterred with no rebuttal And I'm just being subtle What it to do is touch you In certain parts of your mind and have your vision tunnel He don't know his language, he don't know he's my uncle I swam 9,000 miles so I could live amongst you And carry the weight of the world like it's a duffel And still remain humble while black people struggle It's an internal struggle to get someone to love you So let these lyrics hug you, inviting magnetics Knocked on the door. said it before Batize me no more. Rightfully fighting me, invite me to rhyme. Enlighten me, the irony to attract the mind. To attract the mind. To attract the mind. The mind is a magnet. No, it's not like a regular magnet that attracts metals, but it does attract things.
0: Your peace. I hope you enjoyed that cut by um, Divine Rule Supreme or Diswar. Um, you can, it's called Inviting Magnetic. You can find more of his work over at www.dirtyrob.bandcamp.com. So check him out, he got some more flavorful cuts for you. Um, and support him, all right? You know, back into what we're talking about the soul food, you know, like anything, you know. Soul food. Many of us have an emotional connection to it, we, and we romanticize slavery in that with soul food. In that, the same way we kind of utilize Christianity to romanticize slavery, we refer to soul food and Christianity as two things that allowed us to make it through slavery. Yet the reality is is that what we have nowadays is not really the same thing that was back then. So we have to do what we have to take the best part. All right, this emotional connection that many of us have to eating and soul food, we have to examine it and put it in its proper context. Since health is wealth, we have to really get to the core and figure out how we can retain, you know, the soul food, the best parts of it, and how we can push push forward to really, really address the the health crisis that we have in the Black and Brown community in America. And that's something else that I want to mention real quick. You know, um, and I'm probably going to do some other episodes yet. Yeah. Colonialism, you know, impacted every original culture in terms of their nutrition. We're talking about Mexicans. We're talking about Native Americans. We're talking about Asians. You know, their whole diets were fucked up because of, you know, them being colonized or being enslaved. You know, it's it's so funny, you know, sometimes to speak, you know, to a Mexican who thinks that freaking pork is part of their traditional diet? Yo, the pig wasn't even fucking in America. All right, um, But back to soul food. Like there's gonna be some other episodes. You're gonna see the connection between all this that I'm talking about. Um, I want to drop some three three points real quick. Three points real quick before I get into some solutions. In terms of why what we refer to as soul food today is not the soul food that we were um, eating while we were enslaved. All right. First point, you ain't working like a slave. All right. Um, Many times our ancestors, while they were enslaved, were working from what? Sun up to sun down. They needed a diet that was high in fat and calories to aid them with the heavy labor. You know, nowadays, the majority of us aren't working that kind of schedule. So what happens? It pushes obesity, diabetes, and all these other preventable diseases. So you ain't working like they were working. During slavery time. Alright. That's the first point. Second point. Yo. They didn't eat three big meals a day. Alright. Many of us have elaborate breakfast. Huge lunch. Huge dinner. Probably some kind of sugary thing before we go to bed. You know. They weren't eating like that. They wouldn't have been able to eat like that. Because it takes time to actually prepare um, those kind of meals. And you know the science when you eat a big meal, you, you know, your body goes into shutdown mode to digest things. So they weren't eating a big breakfast and then being sent to work in the fields. No. And if you check the global, you know, community, the global majority, you'll see that many of their breakfasts are very, very simple. Probably one or two staples that they eat in the morning to get them prepared in order to energize um, as fuel for the day's activities. Um, third point they didn't eat a whole bunch of fried deep fried meats every day you know for several reasons um frying and barbecue takes time 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 which they did not have all right they and there was no surplus of meats they were given the been um they were given the castoffs you know so it wasn't like yo know, everybody was having their own individual pork chop and so much bacon and nah b it wasn't going down like that because there wasn't a great surplus of meat they were getting the castoffs if anything, you know, it was probably once a week, once twice a week that they had a meal that had you know some surplus, some um, more meat as a side dish. You know, the reality is that they were using these, these a lot of these castoffs and stuff to actually season the fruits and, and veggies, or they were using it to season the beans, you know, or season the greens, or um, just as seasoning. You know, they probably only got you know. Uh, huge portions of meat during, uh, holiday seasons when they were given time off by, by the, uh, the, the slave master, or like I said, maybe once a week or so, you know, so, you know, once again, you know, this whole idea of soul food, as we relate to it today is something that came across post-World War II after the Great Migration. When we started working different types of jobs within the inner city, it actually was transformed in the inner city because it became a product. People wanted to go and eat soul food. You see? So, you know, different restaurants, different places started to crop up and everything. Books started to be being sold. Uh, all this stuff started happening at the same time. This is also when you you start to see a whole big push for Southern cooking. You know, and I'm, when I mean Southern cooking, I mean basically... You know, whitewashing black soul food so you know this is where the KFC the colonel comes up you know when, you're, when your home girl come up what's her name I can't remember her name right now but you know that southern cook who needs to be um put on front street and just cast out because you know what she does ain't right and exact anyway you know this is when it became a product so when you you know the reality is is that we need to look and take things back to the root what is the root of soul food the root of soul food is what actually got us through this period because it was concerned with our health and livelihood. So I'm not suggesting that you get rid of soul food, period, and that you throw out the baby with the bathwater. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to give you, you know, some 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 quick tips real quick to to basically step your game up. And that's what I mean, step your game up. All right. You know, our, our, our aunts, our uncles, our grandmothers, they were innovative in the kitchen. All right. They didn't just use a simple recipe. Sometimes they knew how to flip that stuff. And you in the same way in this modern time, you need to get your, your game up and learn how to flip it in the kitchen. All right. First thing I'm going to say off the, off the top, you know, and a lot of people are going to be mad. But and I'm going to do a whole episode on the on the damn pig. You know what? The first thing you need to do is get rid of that fucking pig. All right, scavenger. There's so many things that I can go in about it, you know, but that pig, you know, is destroying your diet in so many different ways. And it's not only destroying your diet in so many different ways. Also, the manner by which the pig is raised, you got to look into the factory farming. We're going to do an episode on that. It's it's just destroying the environment. You know, the pig needs to be taken out, period. All right, replace it with some other meats, you know. Some other organic, high-quality lean meats. You know, if you're not turning vegetarian anytime soon. You know, your your beans and your greens. um, You know, try a smoked turkey bone. I mean, neck bone. You know, try using that as a season. Try um, what's called liquid smoke. You can find that, you know, in your grocery store. Um, Also, step your herb and your spice game up. Step it up. Salt is only supposed to be used sparingly, that is used to bring out the flavor. It is not the flavor. Any cook knows that. All right. So if you're only using like two or three spices or herbs, you're already failing as a cook. You're already failing. You got to step your game up. And actually, the herbs and spices is what allows for the true flavor to come out. So that's why we got to step that game back up. And like I said before, herbs and spices, you know, they are medicine. So we can also bring back knowledge of the medicinal use of these herbs and spices and connect it with our cooking. Um, This soul food at its root, you know, this is soul power, by the way. Soul, S-O-L, which means sun. All right. You know, soul food, sun food, soil food. You know what I'm saying? From the earth, you know, at its core, at its root. Pardon Soul food is very very what my my brother Brian Terry says plant strong, so we're talking about beans, vegetables uh, fruits roots these are at the the core of soul food so if you're just frying a pork chop and you throw in some you know, some macaroni and cheese on the side, that's not really soul food all right that's the that's the modern interpretation of it, but at the root that's not really soul food, so we need to get back to uh what the core of soul food is about. And like I said, it's plant strong. You know, another thing you need uh, that we need to uh put on front street and get out that lard. I don't know if anybody's still cooking with lard nowadays. I'm sure down in the south y'all are. But that lard, you just stop, stop, stop. We're going to talk about the pig, you know, even more. You know that they used to that there was um like three different um strains of pig that they used to raise in North America, and one strain they specifically only um, raised it because of its lard level. Because pe- bef- And this is crazy because, you know, a lot of us don't even realize this. Before there was all these chemical types of lubricants and stuff. Yo, people were using lard for lubricant. We're talking in machinery and everything. Machinery. You're eating shit that they use to grease machinery. Stop it. All right. Uh, frying. Cut down the frying. I'm not saying cut it out. Cut it down. Step your game up in, in, in boiling and in baking, you know, broiling. Step the game up. There's a whole world out there that you can flip it, you know, that you can really, really flip it. You know, you have to really think that, you know, if you like eating like a slave so much, are you thinking like one? We really have to put that, you know, really have to think about that. In Hood Health, we want to we wanna respect our roots, we also want to acknowledge the health crisis that is going on nowadays. Once again, if you haven't picked up the Hood Health Handbook, um, part one and part two, please do it. You can do that at SupremeDesignPublishing.com. Um, we kind of lay it all out in there. The other thing that we, uh, we, we really go into um, is, like I said, solutions. It's solutions, solutions, solutions. So, like I said, we're not about, like, you know, some of the people that I've read before are, like, just cut everything out. I mean, me personally, you know, I only eat, you know, I don't eat any meat, any animal byproducts. Yeah, I don't push that on everybody. There's levels to this, you know, levels upon levels. You know, a good book, like I mentioned, my brother, uh, Brian Terry, you need to check him out. His whole series, he really goes into a lot of history of soul food and also alternatives. You know, and really, really respecting the traditions that many of of us has thrown aside. Like I said, many of us are only um, dealing with the surface of soul food. We really don't know the rich, rich tradition of soul food. So we need to check that out. So with that said, you know, you can have your soul food, you know, and you can eat it too. Just step your game up. Make that junk real, real, you know, wholesome. Meaning taste good, but also have it be good for you. This is what the cuisine of any culture is supposed to do. The culture the cuisine of any culture is supposed to sustain them. It's not supposed to kill them. So if your food dietary habits are killing you, then that can't be culture because culture does what? Promotes life. You know culture in the scientific sense, you know a culture is something that's growing. So if your diet is killing you, that can't really be part of your culture. All right, so let's take soul food back. Once again, let's take it back, reimagine it, reinvent it, and have it utilized for our growth and benefit and development. So thank you once again for rocking with me on Soul Power. Um, we're going to do it again next week and again and again and again. If you have any questions, comments, anything, hit me up at Network at gmail.com. Uh, whatever platform you're using, uh, spread the word, leave some comments, give me some feedback. Let me know what you want to hear. You know, thank you for your time. Hope to see you again next week. Peace.